what we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome, welcome to the Hustle Sold Separately. We are a weekly show dedicated to all of you truly, truly amazing human beings who turn in, tune in every single week. I like to call you what I believe you all are, similar to me, uh, the outliers, the non-status quo, the journeyers, <laughs> the people who just want to do things differently, whether you're an entrepreneur, um, you know, a CEO, an innovator, designer, an artist, all of you guys are constantly pushing boundaries. And you probably believe in doing things differently than society has told you to do so. And they probably think you're crazy. But on my show, in my world, and in my space, none of us think you're crazy. We think you're probably spot on. Um, and I really just appreciate you guys tuning in as much as you do for a lot of the newer uh, listeners, uh, I want to welcome you guys. I'm Matt Goddessman. It's nice to meet you guys. Um, you guys can always reach out to me on Instagram at Matt Goddessman. You know that I've been answering every single DM, text, reply, response for the last eight years. I don't plan on stopping. I don't really ever stop. Maybe if at some point like it's hard to get to like millions, I don't really know, but um, it's about community. And uh, for those that are new, I also say we do not glamorize or glorify in success on here. Um, uh, that was the, one of the main missions when I first started this years ago. I thought there's too much hype, too much um, media coverage on end success, and it's pressuring all of you to have a different, distorted look on what success looks like. I'm sorry, I disagree. I'm sorry, I'm not sorry, I disagree. Success is a very arbitrary word that needs to be defined by you. It needs to be done by you, for you, in a way that you understand whatever is most appropriate for your path, right? Um, and I think that often it gets distorted when we look at other people and think that that's what I have to have, be, do, think, see, whatever it might be. And it's just, it's not that way. Um, and the more inner work you do, I believe that the better, um, you're able to kind of gauge and navigate your path. And that makes you, I think, profoundly successful. So without further ado, we got another amazing guest, Audra Gold. She's a CEO and founder of Verbal. And we are going to be talking about some of my favorite topics today, um, disrupting digital. Uh, I should say how digital really disrupts um, old business paradigms. You guys even saw a post that I did recently on old paradigm versus new paradigm. Um, and we're living in two very unique system changes. One that has been dying, and I say that it looks like the Titanic, pretty on the outside, a big sinking mess on the inside and then you know this new paradigm this new wave that is disrupting the current ways of doing things and usually for the better it's allowing us to create community at scale um, better products and services at scale uh, connection at scale um, transparency and authenticity at scale I like how authenticity is now a marketing type word are you kidding me <laughs> like it should have been there since the beginning uh, it's called, you know, being yourself. And that is the most important thing. And digital is allowing for that to happen. Should you choose digital to allow that to happen? And we're going to be talking to Audra about um, her business. But real quick, I just want to give you uh, her, her background. Uh, dedicated her entire career to building first to market and scaled mass media digital products. So you know I'm already going to geek out with her. Her passion for product management and her ability to identify new and emerging product trends has led her to a reputation for developing novel, cutting-edge products across gaming, streaming video, digital media, enterprise SaaS platforms in various business verticals. And today she's the founder of product and a product management consulting and recruitment firm. Uh, Audra and her team work with early stage venture funded startups in various verticals to create, launch, and grow their digital products. The team also works in partnership with the VC firm Alpha Edison, helping them, uh, their portfolio companies in need of product management expertise to either create, expand, or pivot their digital product lines. And then product prior to uh, product N, Audra had spent years leading product teams at Rubicon Project, the mighty uh, Pluto TV, Fourth Wall Studios, and D5 Media, formerly Break Media. 
She also held senior product roles at Wedding Channel, The Knot, Vivendi, Universal's online division, and IGN.com. She holds a BA from the University of Denver, where she also played NCAA soccer and participated in several on-campus organizations in philanthropy. Audra, you're awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I love your background. Thank you for being here. Yeah. And actually, so the company I'm currently running was spun out of Product N, which is verbal. Okay. Verbal yeah. media. Okay. Sorry. So for everybody listening, yeah. okay. Because yeah, uh, so I grabbed we, this we, bio. We so Product N <laughs> incubated it. Yeah. Amazing. And my consulting firm, Product N, which is still operating. I just don't run it anymore. Okay. Amazing. So, and and I really, yeah. um, and Verbal's been cool. I've been like, looking into it and I, I want, but I want you to go into more detail. Um, but as I mentioned first, first, first question is always the same. Like, how do we get here? Cause you have an incredible background. You can go as far back as you want. Um, you know, but there were th some things along the way and some pivots and some changes and you, by dealing with this much in tech and, uh, being in it as long as you have, I know you probably had very similar, uh, uh experiences such as that'll never work digital strategy. What's that? Um, I, why are we doing life, this? I've heard that. Yeah. You know, why are we doing this? And like, Oh, you know, like, no, no, no. Here's where all of our marketing should be done. No, no. You don't know what you're talking about. And a million other things that they go, wait, how do you do this? <laughs> like, did we miss the boat? Like you missed it completely. Yeah. <laughs> so I would love for you to give your, your background a little bit more detail. Yeah, sure. I mean, as soon as I, you know, in college, when I was in college is when the kind of commercial internet was born and I was just became obsessed with it from day one, actually had a little team of people. We were trying to launch, you know, businesses online in the nineties and like, you know, obviously didn't know what we were doing really, but we just knew the internet was going to consume the world and we wanted to be a part of it. And so that was the beginning of just my obsession, I would say with tech and internet, everything digital. And, um, and really I saw exactly where it was going and just wanted to be a part of it, no matter, you know, in any way possible. So as soon as I got out of school, of course, there was not a ton of, you know, internet companies around. They were all, you know, the, we, a bunch of the, the startups that are half of them survived or maybe less than half and half of them are, you know, saw better days back then, but, but, um, you know, so, so from the very beginning, it was just building things online, pretty much, you know, in the late nineties, early two thousands, building things that no one had built before. So we were really defining the early standards and the early best practices around email marketing, ad serving. That was, you know, fairly, fairly novel. Even back in the day, right. I was at one of the first big ad networks, which was snowball, which became IGN. And we were spinning up, you know, hundreds of sites and signing up blogs to that we could represent and serve ads on, you know, still a very similar model and still exists today in just a more sophisticated way with Google, right? It's like they're the ultimate network of, of sites and they serve the vast majority of display ads on the internet. So um, we were just like a baby, you know, there's a bunch of baby versions of that. But, but from there, you know, I just got into gaming and then streaming video and uh, a lot of ad tech came out of that because I've always done ad supported businesses. Uh, so have understood, you know, from the very, you know, beginnings of ad tech to where it is today, how that evolved, what it looked like in the display medium, what it looked like in video. And of course, what does it look like in audio today? And likewise with distribution and publishing of, of, of you know, video and, and text, like I was very much a part of the early days of that. And so a couple of years ago, uh, when I was, you know, doing, working with so many startups at Product N, it was just consuming, I was driving all over town, going to see clients and whatever. So always listening to audio in the car, lots of books. And I just, it really started to hit me that audio, it's like finding it on the go, consuming it. I was like subscribing to like five different apps to do different things in audio, you know, different verticals in audio. I was like, uh, you know, looking at podcasting, I'm like, why am I downloading content? Like we did that in video in like 2008. And then we moved to streaming because we know downloading is so inefficient and it's hard to track and it's hard to serve ads around. And so I just, to me, it really dawned on me that like audio is basically where video was like in the late 2000s. And so why is it still so archaic? Why is it still so, you know, kind of like left behind in a way. And so that's really what hit me. I was like, we got to clean up audio. Like I know how to do this. Like we cleaned up video back in the day. Like let's clean up audio. We got to help listeners have a better experience through search and discovery and consumption and, you know, the free, you need more free. And, um, and we need creators to get, you know, have more past to monetization. We saw 
so many video creators succeed in the YouTube model, right? And it's like, why shouldn't audio creators have the same opportunities? We see a tiny amount of podcasters making money relative to the amount of podcasts being made. We know that musicians are having a hard time making money. We know that the vast majority of other audio doesn't even make money. You know, books, maybe you make a dollar a download if you're an author, if you get a publishing deal. But anyway, it just goes on and on. And we just found all these places where audio was just completely left left behind the audio creator was left behind. And then of course, because there's lack of, you know, aggregation of content and a lack of standards for ads and delivery, there's a lack of digital dollars going into audio. And to me, another huge opportunity, right? It's like, well, I was back when video was, you know, a billion dollar a year digital, you know, ad, you know, ad vertical, but now it's over 50 billion, right? Well, what had to happen to bring billions of more dollars into digital video. Well, those same things need to happen in audio. And then we'll see a lot of money coming in from the radio spend, right? The traditional spend into digital. So that's just kind of like the last leg. And then when you have advertising dollars pouring into something, all of a sudden you can afford to do a lot more as a free platform or as a creator, right? Like everybody kind of like rises with that tide. So, so that's really what, what, all clicked for me. And I was like, you know, we got to, we got to, we got to fix this. And so what does that look like? And, and to, to me, the most obvious way to kind of the first swing is really to take the, take a lot of lessons from YouTube. Like what did, what did YouTube do for the video space? What did they do for the video consumer? What did they do for the creator? What did they do for video advertising? They're now selling over 30 billion in ads today, right? Sharing many of those billions with creators. And so I said, what if we did like an audio, you know, a YouTube of audio or like take a lot of lessons from that concept. And we have to aggregate everyone in one place. We have to stream. We have to give creators stats about what works. Where do people bounce? What are, what are people consuming? What are they sharing? You have to have an aggregate, right, of, of people around something to really get meaningful stats. So so that's that's what we did. And that's verbal. That That's really cool that you're also giving them like, hey, where do they bounce? Where are they, you know, how? Um, yeah, quartile what, tracking. That's, yeah. you know, we learned a lot about how to make videos work. I, so I was at Break Media back in the day, one of the biggest viral video sites in the 2000s. And, you know, we pioneered a lot of what happened in, in viral video. And there was a science to virality in a lot of ways. There's a lot of commonality between what works in viral. I mean, you can go to TikTok today and you can learn a lot of the same lessons all over again, TikTok to get to the next level, um, you know, uh, what we were doing, but, but there's, you know, there's certain things that have to happen to scale your, your, your views in that case, but listens in audio too, they need a lot of, a lot more um, optimization, a lot more short form, a lot more shareability, a lot more portability, um, a lot more collaboration opportunities, right. With other artists. And so all of those things are missing in the world of you know, podcast apps, which are just downloading. Everyone's kind of segregated. They're hard to find. There's nothing mm -hmm. cohesive about it. You know, you don't know what's happening across a thousand different directories, you know? So what does a download mean? Did someone actually listen? How far did they listen through? Like none of these things are, are really, uh, you know, like available to creators at scale. So that's, that's really a problem too. I, I love it because, uh, and it spoken like a true uh, digital, uh, strategist, if you will, business strategist, yeah. right? Because, um, search, you know, with YouTube, you can easily search for, um, any topic you're looking to learn or, um, you know, mm -hmm. uh, absorb or consume, whatever it might be. Why is that the only search? Why can't search also be, um, within the, uh, voice and, um, you know, podcast world. Now they're all just kind of spider like, Oh, here's a directory of them. Yeah. But like, what if I want to actually search for different types of topics or different yeah, types exactly. of, yeah, there's not, and that's precisely right. what we found. People right. are looking for audio yes, by topic, by keyword. And when you look at kind of what Apple did with the taxonomy of podcasts, I mean, talk about stunting the growth, right? It's just been this horrendous taxonomy. That's been, you just kind of, you know, been held together and reinforced by all of the other players around it. And it, it's it's a very poor way to organize content. And by the way, a lot of that content's not even readable by Google, a search engine that's very important to discovery. 
And, um, you know, a lot of it's just just very poor, poorly, uh, we, we call it really bad metadata, right? Metadata is how different search engines consume it and scrapers and, and other kinds of search engines can, can kind of decipher what's going yeah. on with, with a piece of content. And an audio has never been framed in a way that's really consumable to any search engines in, in, in a very efficient way. And, and video, again, YouTube helped clean up that the, the search problems around video. No, no one's ever done it for audio. And, um, and, and that's really been, been a big problem as well. And then, you know, beyond that, obviously we have our own search kind of secrets going on on verbal, verbal, our own proprietary, you know, kind of stuff going on around discovery, but we also use a lot of humans. And we, we say humans are gonna be a really important part in taking audio to the next level. We need human curators. We need audio influencers. It's really hard to know what, what are the best business you know, podcasts or what are the best conversations being had in audio format around business, right? That's really what you're getting at. Mm -hmm. Forget the word podcast. I actually despise the word podcast. I think it's such a limiting word. It's like, no, this is audio. This is audio entertainment. It's audio inspiration. It's audio education. You know, it's not podcast to me. It's a, it's a very, it's kind of like a, a box that it, that I, I'm uncomfortable with. I, so um, we, we are very much about like breaking out of that box of what, what, it, what is, God. what defines, you know, audio as a, as a medium. Right. I, 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 I was about to jump in a minute ago. I completely agree with you. It's funny. I got into podcasting <laughs> um, yeah, when it exactly. was podcasting, when, when it was under a hundred thousand, I think it was around 70,000 shows. So I got in before the, you know, and even then I struggled. I didn't really want to, my audience was asking for it because I was doing so much content and they're like, Hey, we, can you, to your point, they're like, can you talk about this more in depth? And I was even doing like sometimes like, uh, you know, voice audio on the phone then converting it to content. I actually mm -hmm. do voice text back to every single person that DMs me. And they're like, oh my okay. God, like, you're, yeah, well, uh, I love voice. I, since voice texting first existed on iPhone, I was using it. Um, yeah. And people, uh, and, and in the beginning, people were a little like, oh, like, you know, what is it with the voice text? I'm like, well, I don't have to pick up the phone to call you. And I'm not going to type out a novel so I can just voice text you. And it brings mm -hmm. more context to the thing that we're talking about. So yeah. I love that. And then, but with podcasting, you're right. Like I struggled because with the, in the beginning, because I didn't, I don't want to do what they kept asking for. And I was like, no, no, because it's the boxed in idea of like, well, in the podcast world, they're like, so the marketing podcasts do the marketers, the, you know, mm. the sales people do the sales. And then they're all just like recycling each other's content. I'm like, it's not my style. Like I want conversations across every realm um, based off of the character, of the individual. And I want to talk about the shit that people don't normally yeah. talk about, you know, that I think is really, really important in each of these different yeah. areas and from business and health and wealth and finance, all these things. So yeah. you bring up a very yeah. good point and, and people want to search those topics, right? Yeah. They the, you're more than, you're more than your selected category in the yes. iTunes taxonomy, right? Like, like, yeah, if I just want a conversation with someone you talk to and I don't care what <laughs> vertical you're your audio content is in. It's yeah. like, I just want to hear that conversation. So help me find it. You know, right. it's like, and then also, you know, break it down for me. You know, what we noticed in, in video back in the day was every all day long, every day, like short form is going to perform long outperform long form, right? You got to make your content available in short form bits, as well as the long form kind of final, mm -hmm. you know, piece. Yes. And it, the, your short form is going to be consumed at 10x to like 100x more, right? Like users will click on play on a one minute piece much more often than they'll click on play on a one hour long piece. Um, so it's really important that, you know, our, our thing is all about, you know, we work with creators. We say chop up your content, put it into pieces that, you know, mm -hmm. people searching want to just hear that part of your show. We got to frame every part of your show. So every part of your show is searchable. And every part of your show can be added to different playlists that go with different topics. And so you're not just this one thing that has to all be consumed together. You can make this one thing, 20 yes. individual pieces that can live, you know, all over the place and different, different, let's call it different taxonomies and different keywords. And they can live in different playlists and you can have people embedding them on a blog. You can have people sharing them on Twitter. But all of a sudden, your one piece of core content has a whole universe of tentacles around it, reaching out into the web and finding more engagement, finding more listeners. And so, you know, it's like so important that you have this extensibility of your content. And it's like, you know, again, 
We've seen this in video for years. It's it's a, you know tried and true. We've seen it in text, if you will, like in the article world of cutting up your articles into bite-sized pieces. I mean, Twitter is an extreme example of that. Obviously, you know that's what people consume in short form there. And so, really, we're trying to just evolve audio into a a format that's native, a, a, a consumable behavior that's native to the internet users of today, right? And and then likewise, the creators, like why, you know, why aren't the creators getting all this data? They need to be their best. Why aren't they getting opportunities to just say like, hey, turn ads on. I'm ready for ads to be displayed, mm -hmm. you know, to be uh, played around my content or whatever. So, so yeah, it's just, um, it, it's, it's been interesting. And when you think about, well, why, what's podcast? It must work. It's been around for 15 years. I'm like, uh, that's the biggest problem. It's been around for 15 right. years with almost no innovation. I mean, Pathetic. If you come from the internet, <laughs> I've seen nothing else stall out in innovation as much as I've seen audio. You know what I mean? So it's like, it, it drives me crazy when I realize. I can tell, but we, you know, we were doing downloadable, you know, content and video like literally in 2006. Yeah. And we were distributing it via RSS and via yeah. these distribution networks and pepper spraying it to a hundred different video sites. You know, it's like, that's what we used to do. We evolved out of that for many, many great reasons. Exploded the video space as a result. It's like, isn't this obvious? It needs to happen with audio as well, so. Yeah, that's how I know you're an OG marketer, on a digital <laughs> marketer. Cause like the stuff that you're talking about from like 2005, 2006, most people are like, what? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I, and I explain, I try to explain like back then it was way, 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 way different, you know? And you're right. I um. You know, you have uh, people who kind of came in and said, oh, we'll organize this space. I'm yeah. like, you didn't innovate it, though. You just yeah. kind of organize it. And to your point about the yeah. taxonomy, it's funny because it's like pick a category. I'm like, how many? <laughs> you know, uh, what? You know, I and, know. But, it, but it's like you said, it's so much more than the category, too. It's so right. limiting when you're right. just dependent on a category to be found. You know, it's like especially when you consider in some categories is in the podcasting universe, there's literally hundreds of thousands of other creators in that category. Yeah. So good luck floating to the top of that list. You An know what I mean? Another, so. I love it. Another use case for search for what you're saying is because it's, in, it's been interesting watching <laughs> not a knock on celebrities. I'm not going to go there, but it's interesting. <laughs> you probably <laughs> know where easy. I'm going. It's too, easy. It's too easy. They come in and like, I'm doing a podcast, millions of downloads. And you're like, what's the context? Well, I don't know. I just figured I'd just talk a day in the life of me and you know, blah, 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 blah. And like, okay, cool. Like, you know, and you'll, because you know, social, you'll get your followers and you'll get your downloads and you get all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. But I like the playing field level and even for people like that, you know, go to YouTube for searching things that they need. Like, hey, OK, cool. Maybe I'll listen to you on like my free time, maybe. But like, look, I need to learn this. I want to learn that. I, I want to dive into these details and these categories. Like, do you got any of that over here? But a celebrity comes into the taxonomy of uh, an Apple podcast or Spotify, right? Their brand name. It's like, oh, cool. Millions of downloads. And then that's kind of the new metric. And I'm like, mm -hmm. what? You know, yeah. so uh, like, what about us OGs have been doing it for like seven years, six, seven years. And that, well, that's weird to say OG, but like, you know. I mean, look, don't even get me started on download counts. Like that right? is the most fraudulent, easiest Very. game metric on the internet. I can mm -hmm. write a piece of, like a script right now that'll make you look like you have a million downloads. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, yep. like it's just so easy to game. And it, again, you need streaming for, yes. you know, validation of what is actually being consumed. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's, a, there's just so many backwards things. I could go on and on about how backwards the, the industry really is, but but um, but yeah, it's just so funny that this, there's all these false KPIs that just ultimately don't mean anything. And I'll, and you know, I, I'll tell you, because I'm very much from ad tech and I've been very much in the buyer's world and the seller's world and smart buyers are not going to continue to buy no. into, you know, ads that are not actually exactly measurable. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. everyone does their test buys and podcasts or they get their bonus buys. If you're a big publisher, you bonus your podcast and you do your display and video on your website. There's all different ways that, that money's moving into podcasts, but 
Ultimately, the smart performance marketers that are spending millions and millions of dollars a year are not going to put millions and millions of dollars into podcasting. It's just maybe you have exceptions. Obviously, so I'm sure there's people like, oh, but what about this one? It's like, sure, maybe 10, maybe 20. I don't know. But like I can tell you at scale, the buying that happens online is real time programmatic for yep. the most part or direct programmatic. And, you know, you've got to be able to survive in that world to have a viable ad unit. So, you know, that's like another thing that's just totally, totally killing the space in, the, in that way. So for everybody listening, just so you're aware um, of what happens in this space. When I was a digital strategy consultant for big brands, you go in and the marketing department has millions of dollars, uh, with the exception of one of the brands I worked with, one of the houses I worked with that was incredible. All the others, you know, they have, everybody has millions and millions of dollars to spend on advertising. However, most of those people were not digital. And the moment you can say tracking, they thought their jobs were going <laughs> to be in, yeah, measurement, their yeah. jobs were going to be in jeopardy. Why? Because they were already in the black. Why rock the boat of the system when you can just keep things status quo? A lot of people in advertising space for their companies were keeping to the status quo um, and basically throwing pump, pumping millions of dollars at different uh, advertising realms and outlets. Why? Because at the end of the day, if they can show that their company is still profitable, they did their job. I've been preaching much like probably Audra has for a long time that like sooner or later, people are going to want to care about tracking conversions uh, and that where the dollars are going, how much are they spending and how much they're making in return, actual return based on that ad spend through digital without, you know, kind of the, the corporate um, BS <laughs> that, that blocks, you know, all of that information. And so, that that's kind of where 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 we've been heading for a long time and uh and yes to audrey to your point you're still gonna have your big brands that are like yeah, i don't know we just got it because we have to spend it because if we don't then the finance department takes it yeah, away at you, the end you of always it. put a little you bit of always budget have them yeah but it's and more so risky we call more risky buys right or or more, or more like kind of we call brand buys if they're yeah. not so measurable um yeah there so so yeah, there's that. And, and, you know, and, and a lot of money, I mean, quite frankly, you know, when you think about measurement, like first and foremost, you need to know what time did someone hear or see yes. my ad, right? What time of day, what was it? I need to know if I'm promoting something tonight, a TV show or a movie release, all of my impressions were delivered between this time and this time. You simply cannot do that in podcasting because people are downloading and they're consuming maybe the next day or the, maybe they're, you know, they listen to a little piece of it and the rest of it through the week or, so you don't get this guarantee that it can be delivered at a certain time. And, you know, that's like, that's like kind of step one into, into being able to, to, to really capture big timely buys. But, but um, the reason that so much, you know, TV, you can do that traditional TV, you can even do that. And obviously traditional radio, you can do that. So, so a lot of money has stayed even in TV out of mm -hmm. fear, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like there's so much historical data on on amount of money spent in TV and the sales lift that it results in. This is this is data going back to the 1950s, and when you're when you are a CMO of a big public company and you're very risk averse, you have to do the safest buy possible. And so if you say I have you know 70 years of historical data behind this investment I'm making in this in, you know advertising campaign. And I know I'm going to get a 2% sales lift on it. I'm going to have to do that all day long, even if I have a better alternative in, in digital. But slowly but surely, because of all of the measurement and all the effectiveness we've been proving out online with, with digital ad buys, that money's been moving. You see it. You see it coming out. Finally, at it, you know, TV kind of stalled and it's pouring into digital now. All the growth is in digital around video. But it took about 10 years to establish that that was a safe enough bet to get, you know, those massive budgets moving out of TV. We now we need to do the same thing for radio, right? Radio is a safe bite. Now you probably have like a hundred years of historical data on radio. I don't know how long it goes back, but, but it's a safe, it's a safe haven in a way, um, you know, for, for uh, let's call it old school, like CMOs, you know, the, right. um, so again, we, I, I know this isn't, going to take a while it's not like oh you know verbal's going to explode and we're going to be you know bringing billions instantly off of out of radio into digital no it's going to be a, a 10 year you know i expect a 10 year you know real kind of cycle before it hits the real kind of you know 
critical mass of, of, of uh, let's call it 20 billion or whatever. You know, we've got about 19 billion being spent in radio now. So traditional radio. So well, it'll take it'll take a few years to peel those out. But, you know, we know what needs to happen to do that. So, yeah. Well, and, you know, when you um, I don't listen to radio anymore, <laughs> you know, I'm on yeah. audio online, you know, on platforms, whether it's yeah. audible, verbal, uh, you know, podcasts, yeah. wherever it might I'm be. I'm on Sirius sometimes. You know? yeah, yeah. I mean, some, sometimes, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll put on. But through I, the app. Yeah. I'm on the Sirius app. Of right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's Bluetooth <laughs> in my car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. So, you know, in fairness. So, um, you know, but it would be interesting to see a lot more of like that radio adaptation to a platform like Verbal because people's yeah people still massively want to hear us you know talk about a wide variety of topics i mean sometimes i'm actually amazed when, <laughs> when my audience is like i listened to that episode all the way through i'm like it was an hour and 40 minutes i like they're starting to get up there like joe rogan size i'm like I, I, that was a mistake but we were <laughs> rapping and it was just really good and they're like yeah listen to the whole thing yeah. now unfortunately there's not always enough data on that i, I have to rely on my community to, be able to tell me the feedback a lot of times right yeah. because apple's not necessarily providing that yeah. Um, you know, so you're bringing up a, a, a lot of challenges, uh, solutions to challenges that a lot of people in the audio space face, which is mm -hmm. how much are people listening? How long are people listening? Where is the yeah. drop off? Let me because so from the marketing side, I would always want to know where is where does the drop off happen? Is it and then. I can then better gauge. Is it happening because it's just too long or is it happening just because like if I'm able to look at consistency over time, that same amount of minutes that it's happening at yeah. what's happening in general, like, should I shorten? Should I like have like, should I switch up what's happening on the back end? You know, I don't really know what it might be, but that's how yeah. you can look up that information. Yeah. I need data to understand, absolutely. not just like, let me put my voice out there and I have a podcast. You know? no, ab absolutely. And, and like I said, like chopping up and putting things in playlists that are kind of like like-minded or like in the same kind of, you know, sensibility or the same theme right you can mm -hmm. take like i see you have like 400 episodes that's how many are, we we've ingested your your podcast on verbal you have 400 episodes there and um you know you could go back to your original episodes and you could start clipping them up and saying like my best talks about you know video my best talks about you know uh retail clothing or with fashion whatever and you can start to take all this old content mm -hmm. chop it up you know take using our snippet tool you could take the five minutes five minutes there ten minutes here whatever mm -hmm. make a playlist out of it and if you're an ad partner you can now turn on ads around that old content every time someone clicks play we can play a pre-roll and you can earn money that way you know what i mean so it's like even even beyond the fact that you can't see like what worked, or even if you start to learn what works and your new stuff, you can go back and apply, you know, that sensibility to your old stuff and like, you know, reinvigorate it and bring it back to the to, to the forefront, because a lot of content's evergreen, like a lot of your interviews are probably just mm -hmm. as interesting today as they were three years ago or whatever, you know, and so it's the other thing I hate about podcasting is old episodes just tend to go into a graveyard and like they're never to be found again. But there's so much valuable stuff that's been talked about over the millions of hours of conversation on podcasts, right? But they're just lost forever. And, and really, I think the creators have less incentive to really bring them back from the dead because they can't go sell them again. They can't sell a native advertisement inside of an old episode, right? They can't, um, they mm -hmm. can do dynamic insertion on a download. Sure. But like, that's not, you know, widely available to most creators anyway. So um, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that we're also helping creators to do to take old content, old libraries, archival stuff and, and reframe it. I was just actually, while I was waiting to start this interview, I was listening to a uh, recovery, funny, a playlist of funny AA speeches. <laughs> so why don't we have a partner who does recovery speaking, right? They, he, he tapes all of the recovery, uh, you know, kind of seminars, people talking about their struggles. But he made this great playlist of funny ones. And it's like, wow, what a great entryway for someone who's suffering with, but embarrassed or maybe shameful or maybe bored. And they can't listen to these recovery speeches. But what if they actually really could help that person? And he's framed it now in such a way that I can like jump in there. I just wanted to hear comedy, but it's like got really meaningful, poignant, you know, stories on recovery. I was like, wow, I never would have, you know, it's a really important content. And, and he, he framed it. He, this is old stuff. It's from like 2007, some of it. And he's like giving it new life in a playlist, you know? So I thought that was really cool. But Well, actually, it's incredible because um, 
a lot of time first of all to constantly create new content number one is a lot of brain capacity and creativity very very um, difficult and number two you pick up new people years later and then they the ask audience you, with old old content exactly right. and so and there and it's funny because i've had new people be like hey um i was so i was going through your your catalog and i saw a couple episodes on these topics and i went back to them like you should actually you know bring that up or you should the, you know the repurposing of the content if you will right so really important very i mean yeah it's like i love you know i, I always i always mentioned it so howard stern i think is one of the the, the most like talented audio creators ever I think he, what he's done with the medium is just, you know, unprecedented, you know, it's unparalleled. And you'll, you'll even notice when he's on vacation, he's taking a lot of this stuff, you know, the stuff I'm saying, and they're doing it really well. They constantly bringing back archival, right. Mm -hmm. Or having other people curate their favorite stuff from the past, or, you know, they're reusing tons of content all the time and but keeping the show just as engaging. They're just framing it in a new way or you know putting new themes together having an influencer bring out you know their opinions and so these are all the things you can do with archival content on on verbal too so it's like you know there's just it's endless really if you're if you're into you know well, work, working and getting audience i think we give you all the tools you really need especially since there's a lot of pieces that are timeless you know too and they they can totally you know easily be repurposed question for you so verbal working with content creators how has it changed the monetization game how it charges or or the fees work things like that for listeners because mm -hmm. i do have a lot of content creators that listen to the show mm -hmm. and yeah and then we're gonna also talk a little bit after that about democratization of what's happening online <laughs> and creators taking back more of the control over their their not just their content but managing themselves more like a business yeah yeah so on the monetization side, so yes, we intend to keep, you know, again, looking at the YouTube mm -hmm. model, we want to keep everything free as for the foreseeable future. We want free listening. We want free hosting for creators. We'll give you all the promotional tools you need. When we identify someone who's doing really well in terms of getting a lot of listens, building an audience on verbal, we approach them and we say, hey, would you like to be in the verbal ad program? And they sign a contract and it's for a rev split. We typically do like a 60-40 rev split on on ad revenue and we have a sales team and we have two other huge ad networks that are out there selling ads uh for verbal content and so basically the the main criteria is that you have to be you know ad safe content brand brand friendly is, is kind of the number one criteria and um and then two you have to you know be be creating new things whether it's creating playlists out of old content or or you know creating new new content uploading it to the platform so so that's really it. And it's really simple. You know, we're very early days. We just started selling ads actually um, just in July. So very early days on, on you know, delivering and, and, and we're still growing. We're still, you know, relatively small compared to the Spotify's of the world. But, but um, yeah, the idea is that it's just so easy, you know, again, like a YouTuber, get some audience, get some views and guess what? Click a button pretty much. And we'll start serving ads around your content and cut you a check every month. It's that simple. And we're also going to give in, in, in the beauty of, of, you know, the kind of the real-time programmatic model that we're, that we're, impl we've implemented, we're doing direct programmatic as well. Cause we're doing direct sold campaigns too. But, but um, the, the, the beauty is that you can take a one minute piece of content somebody clicks play on it, you get the same ad opportunity that you get on an entire hour, right? So it's like, all of a sudden, you can turn, like I said, your one hour, you know, show into 20 pieces of content, you can do a million listens, as opposed to 100,000 with those 20 pieces of content. And guess what, you've just created a million ad opportunities, a million opportunities to make money for yourself. And, you know, and it, without obviously disrupting the, the user experience too much, we're very cognizant of that. I come from ad supported world. So I, I know, you know, the importance of, of keeping the ad quantity uh, reasonable, but um, but really we're just making it simple. And we're, again, trying to create many more money making opportunities through snippets, through playlisting, through portability, you know, through shareability, like bringing being able to bring people from Twitter on a 30 second clip that you post to Twitter is, you know, is could be a, a great driver. We've seen some of our celebrities mm. do some some celebrity uh, creators on the platform put just like a funny five minute talk or, or two minute talk in some cases, put, put it up on, um, on on their Twitter feed and they get thousands of listens right from that one little short form. 
And, you know, when you think about how hard it is to get 2000, 3000, 5000 downloads in the podcast world, it's like a game changer. And so, you know, that's really how we're, we're trying to help the creator community. And then, um, and then the second part, what was the second question? Before I ask the second question and talk about democratization of, of for content creators, mm-hmm. question of that. So like in that Twitter example, so does your, does the platform allow for shareability where like, just like with YouTube, if I share a YouTube link somewhere else, you know, mm-hmm. like, like Twitter, wherever it might be, Facebook, the clicks that I'm getting, although Facebook suppresses that, uh, the clicks that I'm getting on that, that's counting back in the verbal platform. Is that what that's doing? The, the listen counts are counted on verbal. Yes. Cause it's served, nice. you know, by verbal uh, on, on, uh, nice. you know, the, through, through our embed, our embed is very much like the YouTube embed. And, um, we cannot monetize on those platforms. Of right. course, they do not right. allow that, Right. but we can monetize through embeds on your own property. So if you have a blog, you know, you have uh, where you get a little bit of traffic, you could post 30 second audio clips on that blog. Every time someone clicks play, we, all we have to do is approve your domain. So we have a process for making sure you're on a safe domain, meaning, you know, ad friendly domain. Um, and, and we can serve ads anywhere for you. You can put them on, if you have a, a site that gets a million, you know, visits a, a month or whatever, and you, you can get them to click play on your embeds, there's more ad opportunities for you. And it's all more listen counts for you. All the listen counts are going to be, you know, counted on the Twitter or uh, sorry, on the verbal, um, you know, on the verbal page for that audio file. So, so yeah, it all rolls up back into one place. And that's also the beauty of centralization, right? It's like all of a sudden you can see all of your metrics in one place. You train people to engage all in one place. So like with the case of snippets, if I'm a fan of your content, I actually made a snippet of one of your shows uh, from the other day. Um, Somebody was talking about, I cannot remember his name, about um, the peanut butter and jelly example, um, how important you to bring two odd, odd things together. And they actually neither, they, they, they're additive once they're together, they don't take away from each other. Right. And that's like the, the kind of like system that you need for kind of like a product market fit almost. Anyway, it was, it was an interesting piece of content to me. So I, I snipped it out, but, um, so me as a fan, I can now engage with you through the way that I'm snippeting. I can say like, you know what, Matt, I love this piece of your show. And like the more of that feedback loop you get, the better you're going to make your content, the more you're going to feed what people like and what people want more of. Likewise with stuff they hate. I might snip the worst part of your show and be like, Matt, this is really boring or really offensive. Like (laughs) get rid of it, like, or something, whatever. It's just a feedback forum, right? Where I'm actually able to speak directly to a snippet or sorry, a snip of a, a piece of your show. And then with those snippets, we also transcribe them so that Google can read all the text, you, you know, that happened inside of that, that snippet and, you know, make it more searchable at the end of the day. So what's interesting and think about like platforms now emerging, like, so I started really going heavy on Substack and messing mm-hmm. with discord and other where, um, yeah. you know, doing like, cause so what, um, some people that, um, that I follow, especially in the crypto space, how they'll have a free subscription to Substack. But if you're on their Wednesday edition, it's, you know, they charge first for they charge the subscription of that. Second, they'll do snippets of podcasts um, on mm-hmm. the Wednesday edition um, mm-hmm. to, to break down the markets and on-chain metrics and things like that. Um, but it just kind of goes to show you like integrations with content from other platforms I know. that then allow for like, so you got subscription plus you got ad as well built into there. I mean, I don't know yeah. what the verbal integration of like that is, but I'm just saying that like, might be interesting to explore that, uh, yeah. you know, but there's so many, um, there's so many different, I can tell you think from a distribution standpoint, because the, the, the issue a lot of times is that like, um, we want to be able to put content in, and I've told this to many companies too, like put the content where, you know, you're getting the views for, or, or listens for that particular piece of content with the intention of where you're driving that to, um, from there, like everything should have an ecosphere that you're building, not just a, let me just do one offs because yeah, know, which is yeah. what's happened with a lot of content creators. Like I'm just going to splatter the web with a lot of content every day, all day for however many years it takes and hope. And I'm like, no, it I has think to it, all connect back to one, pl- the final destination it has to all connect, you know, so and that's how Google search works. Google wants everything to resolve to one place for your content, right? That's how you get authority for your content. 
if you have your same content on a thousand different sites, Google's going to just throw it up and be like, I don't know. I don't know which one of these is important. They all look the same to me. And so you're not going to get ranked. If you're sending all of your, all of your links and all of your, you know, everything points back to a singular destination. That's why YouTube works so well too. It's like everything, you know, in video, everything's kind of like pointing back to that. And that's why we made sure our snippets, our, our snippets always point back to the master, you know, the, we call it the parent or the master file. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, you know, that it's all giving authority to that original piece of content. And so that's, it gives it, you know, more search juice as well. And then we can also tell, oh, what are people engaging, you know, around that? Oh, it's, it's all talking about this bigger file. So now we can treat that file with more regard or more importance or whatever in, in an algorithm. So yeah, it's really important that it's really an e a connected ecosystem. Yeah. Uh, amen. Which now leads me further into the democratization of, uh, you know, uh, creativity online. Um, mm -hmm. I, you know, I had this interesting conversation the other day and I said, there's two folds. One, we need to bring more ownership back to the creators. I've been saying that for a long time because of the music industry, but in general, we need to bring back more ownership back to the creators. Mm -hmm. And two, do you, I would love for your take on what you're seeing with the democratization of that. And two, yeah. uh, my, the, the, the flip side of that is that it also brings more responsibility back to the creator. Like, listen, you should have more freedom. And with that comes a responsibility to manage yourself like a business so you can better understand instead of putting all of the weight on um, too much management, mm -hmm. right? Um, which sometimes dilutes some of your creativity and also takes a lot of extra uh, uh, earnings from you. You got to start learning. Your, like, uh, fortunately, like I've got amazing mentors and um, <laughs> and I got several businesses. So it's like, but like you, right. you start going through like, here's my cash flow. Here's my understanding of like how I'm set up. Here's my earnings. Here's my, here's how much I'm investing back into the marketing. Here's how, like all of these different things you, they have to start creators like have to realize there's two great things happening here. One, you have way more freedom to run your own content, your own niche, like a business, but you got to also be responsible and not better understanding it versus delegating out all the activities because with response, with freedom comes responsibility. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, when I think about democratization, it's funny because, you know, we've obviously been uh, monitoring and having a lot of first person uh, conversations with podcasters since we started this company last year. And um, I hear a lot of, of pushback when I say we are democratizing audio and audio creators. I love it. Um, we, <laughs> we actually say that. And I get pushback from a lot of the community because in their mind, democratization is being able to be on every platform, right? It's like, well, I don't want to be beholden to one platform. That's not democratization. But but guess what we learned in video back in the day? Going back to my tried and true video analogies. Um, so video back in the day, we used to pepper spray our, our videos out to a thousand different video sites, right? And they would just kind of be out there and they would be on different players. And then likewise, anyone who's pirating content could do the same. Mm -hmm. And it was extraordinarily hard to track down pirated content back in, in the early days, right? Until YouTube kind of like became the critical kind of the gathering place and the central place for video. Then, then they came up with this thing called content ID and they ID and assign copyright to every single piece of content that's uploaded to that platform. And that means every other piece of content that matches that, that gets uploaded by anyone in the world, that copyright is automatically assigned to the original copyright holder. And the only way that you can do that and keep those rights all assigned is if it's all happening on one platform, right? And so verbal can do the same for audio. It's like, is your audio being pirated all over the place? Well, if it's only be, you know, if the massive consumption is happening in one place, let's say verbal and more and more people are uploading, you know, the same content you've already, you already claimed ownership. Maybe it's your audio book, you know, that you're, that you're very, you know, obviously very, these are very important copyrights to, to uphold. Um, we, we can flag that we can say, oh, here's another matching piece. You're automatically going to be assigned any revenue and any listens that happen around that piece of content, even though, you know, Joe Smith uploaded it and not you. And so that was a huge, huge piece for, for video creators and IP owners, uh, you know, and just being able to manage and, and not, not have their work stolen. Right. 
So to, to me, that is very democratic, very. <laughs> assigning copyright where copyright is owned, right? And, and being able to do that in a very uh, technical and, 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 you know, valid way. So, so that's, that's a, kind of the first piece. You, you lose control completely of your content yes. when you pepper spray it into a thousand different directories. You have no idea what's happening with it. And so I don't, I don't think that's very democratic at all. And then on top of that, you have, you know, two or uh, three of the largest, you know, media companies in the world deciding whether you're in the top 20 of your subject matter or deciding whether or not you get a deal and get yeah. featured. That doesn't sound democratic to me at no. all either. So, you know, they don't give you any control of your, of, of your metadata on Spotify or on iHeart or on Pandora. You know, you're not, you're not able to really, uh, you know, chop up content, do collaborations with other audio creators, all the things that you can do on YouTube to, to really proliferate. That's not a democracy. That sounds like a dictatorship to me, you know? So, uh, yeah, I, I think we're doing quite the opposite of, of, uh, of what they're doing and really handing the creator the keys to the kingdom, giving them all the tools they need to build audience and then giving them an opportunity to make money. So, you know, I don't, I don't know what else they want, but I would be happy to hear. <laughs> you know, um, that you will not get any pushback uh, here um, on that, everything you just explained with democratization, period, end of story. Um, that's one of the single things, uh, one of the one of the several things I should say uh, of that's discussed heavily in blockchain, which you know is this idea of yeah. when it's Blockchain minted too. online. Yep, that is my work. Well, and that's ultimately what's going to take over this content ID stuff, but we're not there yet. We're not I, there we're yet. Five to we're ten not, years yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. We're and and so so. But why I bring that up is because you're making an immensely important distinction and and point that is, the creator can track back and all be tracked back to the creator's creation. Yeah. And the importance of that. I remember I had a post that like has been since repurposed a million different times celebrities everybody billions and billions of views um only Halle Berry quoted me only her like she was one of the I think the yeah. only celebrity she actually looked up who the original author was after it had been doctored uh, actually gave me the correct. credit on her wall and actually like via Matt Gosman I love this and it was like yeah. thank you like I mean do you you know but thank you because it's like you know um it was actually one of my most heartfelt pieces I was like just it was having a really it was just a great reflection when I wrote it and yeah. the internet does what it does. And that's fine. Like I got used to that a long time ago. Like the internet's going to do what it's do it, it'll do. Luckily, if you Google it, you're going to still see probably in the top search, it'll be me as the first, um, you know, author or the first like photo before it gets doctored a million different ways. But the importance of where we're moving towards in the democratization is ownership. I want that, like, it can be spread out everywhere. I want the world to feel like it relates to them in some way, no matter how they find it. But I still mm -hmm. would like it to be traceable back to me. Yeah. That yeah. is a very, very important. And that, that was the, that's why I said that what you brought up was a, an immensely important uh, point. And that why, like, you know, the discussion around that so much in blockchain is because from mm -hmm. copyright to trademark to like minting online, I was like, you can do whatever you want now. Like, you all know I got the rights to it, whether yeah. I purchased them from somebody else because it was their work or it was my work and somebody yeah. else purchased part of those rights, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So um, you're right, yeah. you know. And I definitely, I definitely believe that is the future. It's going to be in NFTs and you know yes. blockchain, obviously. So we're we're just you know we still have to survive until that critical Absolutely. tipping point happens. But but yeah, it's true. You know, the copyright uh, ownership is is paramount in in any in you know any publishing environment. And so we're hoping to help solve for that as well. And we are already fingerprinting every piece of audio on the platform. So we have, you know, unique, unique, essentially, you know, blueprints of everything. And we're starting to manage duplication and things. We haven't started acting on it yet. We're just not there with the critical mass yet, but, but we are absolutely going in the same direction as a, as a content ID type system. So, which I think is incredible. Cause when you think about it to your point about, okay, let's say you take snippets out and you're like, Ooh, that was a really popular snippet that for some mm -hmm. reason just kept going viral. Yeah. All right, I think I'm going to now NFT it. Um, and you know, totally. Uh, right. Oh, you, that's you a have, great use case. You have, great. Right. You have data to back up like, oh, like that's the piece of content. I mean, they're already doing it now. Like, the, you know, the highlight reels yeah. and like what they do, like with the, uh, you know, NBA hotshots and stuff like that. Yeah. And I like, can turn them into NFTs. Yeah. I mean, like it just goes to show you. 
So yeah. imagine like audio snippets from like a Matt Gottesman or a Joe Rogan <laughs> or whatever, whoever. But like totally. you, you find those totally. viral great moments right? in history, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and quite frankly, that was a big motivator behind the snippet idea, too. It's like, well, we know people like to clip pieces out to share. Right. And what we saw people doing was just making their own copy of a, of a clip or like making mm -hmm. a video of it. And then all of a sudden, when you when you force people to use another medium to clip something out, you lose complete copyright trace back. Right. And so it said, well, let's just give people an easy way to snip stuff out so that the owner never loses that copyright. And that attribution always goes back to the owner and they yes. can share. It can be shared all day long. It's like, you know, it's just, it's only help. It's, it's great for the, for the listening audience. It's also great for the creator in so many ways. So it's like, you know, it's like the gift that keeps giving back because you can also monetize it. Yes. And I, if I share it on Twitter and get you listens, you monetize the, the audience I brought you, you know what I mean? So it's just like, to me, it just goes all the compliments are, of, of the snippet and the universe are, are really, you know, <laughs> they're very reinforcing to our whole model so yeah i love it and i love what you were saying about again to the democratization like you know you're right i think some people they 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 weren't thinking about the components that the one platform idea is a little scary right because right. it's like oh then you're all powerful but right and i think that but they don't they don't realize so because you and i've been in it for so long and like you know the different va vast lands of digital yeah. and marketing and programmatic and ads and you know just seeing all like how distribution works mm -hmm. you know it's that idea of leveraging tools that say hey like this is um what i'm bringing to the world and it can i can track it in a way where you at least know that i am the creator of it but how then it gets consumed and then how I manage it and how I make money off of it, whether I choose to or not. Some people may not maybe be like, no, no, it's free. I got these things over here. It doesn't even matter. Fine. Yeah. But at least you still have the option versus sometimes other people even come in and take your stuff and make money off of it as well. Only or however it might be, um, you know, and and I think sometimes people don't also realize the democratization side like the the opposite of that is sort of like oh okay like let's say i'm xyz brand we won't we don't have to go like on a you know go uh yep. singling out anybody but like you know cool um i'll organize all of you guys um for podcasts whether you make money or not doesn't really matter to me but i'll uh, apple right, screw it i'll just say it. Oh, but um you know what if you want to belong to um apple music apple pockets whatever you know you pay like you know uh, $10 a month. I mean, some of it's free, but then the rest, if you want this, like, you know, you can pay like yeah. $10 a month the way you would like on Spotify or whatever, um, mm -hmm. all the different ways. Right. And it's just like, yeah. it just kind of goes to show you. It's like, Oh yeah, you guys can make content all you want. Go right ahead. Make all your content. Cool. Maybe you make money. Maybe you don't. It's all good. We're just going to aggregate you all right here. And so, um, and without, to your point about the stagnation, without giving the kind of tools to be like, you know, you could work with me where if I had the right tools to better gauge, I maybe mean, outside of like Ellipsin, which isn't even really, I mean, they give me some tools, but not, they don't give me the depths of the data I need. Like mm -hmm. if you gave me more depth, but I guess verbal does that. <laughs> but if you gave me more depth then and then we could work together, like I maybe consider doing a rev split if it makes sense, if the numbers make sense for both me and you, you know, mm -hmm. but that's an old business thinking in a lot of a lot of times yeah. well the idea is that we give you so much more inventory to work with right because right. you are able to to monetize plays you can put mid-roll in there if you, you in, in a longer form piece you can hmm. do a lot with it we haven't implemented mid-roll and just to be clear we are all of our stats now we have to report directly to our creators we don't have our insights tool live yet but that'll be coming out in the next couple of months where you can see all of your listen through stats on the platform so so these are all coming soon even though we're tracking them internally you know when and we can we we provide them to our to our kind of premier partners but but well, um you yeah. you're beating me to the next question so like what do you have coming up okay so that sounds like one thing what what else is going yeah. on so so up? insights are are the mm -hmm. next big feature for creators and we're going to be launching our android app we have our ios app live we're going to be launching a downloadable desktop for mac and nice. for pc Nice. And by the end of the year, we're going to start experimenting with live broadcasts. So select creators can do their shows live. We, you know, save it and you can, of course, it'll be published in a static, you know, a static way after the show. But, but I think really, if we're going to, you know, kind of fulfill this promise of becoming the replacement for radio over the long term, uh, there has to be a live component. And I think, you know, we've had some interest in being able to broadcast at a certain time of day, uh, you know, building some momentum there. And then of course, 
making it available to the world thereafter on verbal uh, in a static form. So. so if I were on two phones, uh, if I were recording live on um, verbal while like doing a, an Instagram live, just let's just say, because like, I like, yeah, you can do both, right now, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and then just a transcribe. I've done that. I've done now like a few podcast episodes. So they're like, yeah. I was like, all right, I'll feed you. I'll field you guys right now. I'll even, I'll even, I'll ver I'll say what your handle is. I don't, I'll drive traffic. I really don't care. Whatever. Yeah. Just to, just to get you guys engaged, you know? And it's been yeah. really interesting. It's made some of the stickiest content that I have had to date there, like where it's That's getting awesome. the most downloads. So, you know, being able to have that live interaction while also yeah, and for live events, you know, big you know, tentpole events, like yeah. so much fun to be able to do something in real time around something happening. And it, yeah. it might be a scary event. It might be a weather event, but it also might be, you know, like, you know, Olympics or, or the Super Bowl or whatever. So yeah, Very I think cool. there's some, some interesting use cases there for sure. I like it. But, I, um, I like what's going on. I like what you're, I like what you're doing. And I like, um, you know, how's, how's the growth been so far? I mean, you probably picked a, a yeah, we just started marketing. Actually, we've yeah. kind of launched quietly. We've really gone after the creator community first. Yeah. We wanted to bring as many creators on, make sure they know how to use the tools, get their feedback. We have so much feedback we'll be implementing from the creator <laughs> community already and our roadmap. So um, we've been working very closely with creators and we have about 20,000 creators now. Um, wow. YouTubers, podcasters, they go. come from all parts of the world. Recovery speakers, educators, museums. We have mm. so much content that's so diverse from everywhere. It's really cool, like a bunch of film festivals actually. Mm. Um, so it's a really cool, uh, you know, kind of creator community we've been putting together. Our listener side, you know, I think we'll be at about a million um, uh, listeners by the, well, our goal is to be there by the end of the year, but I think it was looking like we're going to get there sooner. We're, we're almost there. So we're, and as I said, we just kicked in a marketing efforts in July and we're going to continue to spend more on marketing to, to grow our listener base. Cause now that we have a good community of, of creators there, now we really want to, you know, yeah. start are going after the listener community so yeah well you know for everybody listening hopefully they'll they'll go check it out i definitely am very interested i know you mentioned in a previous chat before the the podcast like hey like yeah. you need to you need to be messing with us you need to try yeah, it out you know claim your station you gotta right? claim it right well take and, it over and yeah. um you know and i just i, I love the um I love the autonomy and the uh, in the freedom to do a lot more with the audio because like for a lot of us creators um creating is honestly like i i do all my content on the fly which boggles people they're like really and i'm like yeah it's all on the fly it's wow. i prefer yeah it's weird <laughs> i don't know what that like because i, I, I natural, I've, you're just a natural i've sat on well no it's just i mean um from the communication side yeah like in writing yeah you know i did a lot of stuff behind the scenes and i, I you know for a long time and then when it was about eight years ago when i started doing it more publicly uh that for me is an easy thing but like you need to have the right tools. That's why I bring this up. You need to have the right tools to be able to capture the speed at which we can create without mm -hmm. being so overwhelming for all the other ways to get all of that from, you know, the minute we want to spit out to the minute mm -hmm. that we want it to like be live, right? So you're yeah. also bringing down a lot of barriers in that too. Yeah. I'm not saying that there's a lot of stuff yeah. that I like to, you know, I'm in cool. a full studio in here and in there, but like, and then at home I got another one, but like, yeah. It's just so nice to be able to, you know, have a lot more fluidity and quickness to market. So, yeah, we think there's some magic in just being mm -hmm. able to respond to an event like you. You already have a following. You know, if you have a big following on verbal, but you get people to subscribe to your station, you want to say something really quick about what's happening. You know, maybe whatever. Let's say there's a big earthquake or let's let's hope not. But yeah. <laughs> but anyway, you can just open the app and it's like so easy. You just click record. I can show you. I can't show your audience, obviously, right. but it's just a record screen and you can just click start recording and you can publish it in seconds. And then all of a sudden it's available. Push it out to social media, push it out to your, you know, yeah. your, your listeners, your followers. And you're having this kind of real time dialogue ongoing that you just don't get in a typical podcast kind of world. You know, it's like, oh, I can say something five times a day in audio and push it out to my, mm -hmm. my followers and really share my life in a different way with them. You know, you're probably not going to make videos five times a day, but you, you might say something into your phone five times a day to your, to oh, your yeah. follower. So, yeah, it's I'm just a, making it easier. I'm a voice texter. And then the, on top of that, as I was mentioning, but then on top of that, um, so I use the Note app in my iPhone because I'm constantly like coming up with new concepts or new content. 
uh the the sheer fact that i can log into something like verbo and, and just do like a rant which people, yeah people no we want like, rants i think there's some so gold true. in that right there's like <laughs> it's true people, people love really it. do I, I didn't think that they did but like they do and it's it's always interesting when people are like i love when you go on tears or rants no, people like, love it noted yeah. <laughs> you know i like, mean think about like what youtube did for for video creators it's like we used to even I, you know, I was part of this early video world, online video world where we had like production, right? We had mm -hmm. to do that. We had to spend all this money and make our videos so beautiful. And then, you know, YouTube showed us, you know what? Actually, you could just go in your room and turn on your camera and start talking. And that's yeah. actually infinitely more fascinating, yeah. you know, depending on the personality than these big produced, you know, ten, yeah. twenty thousand dollar budget short videos. Yeah. So I think we could have audio blogs on verbal and be very successful with just that too, right? It's like, there's Absolutely. so many use cases, again, in the creation side of things. Absolutely. And then when you think about adding filters, you know, we're going to add some auto-tune filters and some fun filters for voice. And so you can play with that. And nice. so... Lots of cool stuff for creators, for sure. That's incredible. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, I, the whole build in public movement and then or like the Twitch gaming, you know, like just watching yeah. video games or watch me code and here's how I do this or like they speed it up and like, yeah, it doesn't look professional. And, and it's so funny yeah. dealing with big brands because they'll be like, like, no, but it's got to look this way. I'm like, oh, God, you are moving way too slow. I'm like, the people do not care about perfection. Yeah. In fact, you're actually your your conversion rates are through the roof if you don't because and you'll be different than everybody else. But I get it. Yeah. You know, where can everybody find you, Verbal, online, all the spaces, not just, you know. Verbal, V-U-R-B-L. And luckily, we had zero competition in search when we launched because no such word existed on Verbal or on Google before us. Awesome. So all you have to do is go to Google and put in Verbal and you'll find the website. Uh, we're in the Apple store. Uh, and like I said, Android's coming soon. Uh, look for that in September and sign up so you get all of our updates. We also personalize an audio feed for you. If you tell us the categories that you like in audio and we, we give you notifications every time there's something new. So we make it very easy for you to jump into some good audio when you're driving or running or whatever you do when you listen to audio. So I love it. I'm going to experiment with it. I am yeah, definitely cool. going to, I'm going to keep, I'm going to connect with you guys directly and say, Hey, can we do this? Can we do that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you want yeah. to partner, you know, yeah. you have a great audience, uh, you. you've got great content. So like, you know, we have all, all sorts of programs for, for more strategic kind of integrated partners. So Amazing. we'd love to talk about that too. Absolutely. And I, and I mentioned before uh, the show too, you're welcome back on anytime. Um, would love to talk about the journey as this continues to develop and build, especially since I'm, I'm really trying to stress a lot of at least a quarter of the content to content creators and understanding like the options that they have right now in the democratization mm -hmm. and in, and in, you know, how to monetize that, like, and, and productize what they're doing in the content creation realm, bringing more of the, that freedom back to them. So we'd yeah. love to see how things, and then we could just also geek out on any other topic as well too. It doesn't have, <laughs> but, yeah. but you know, I, you're, you're welcome back on anytime. I, I'm very geeky on many topics. So, Me yeah. too. I, know. <laughs> you know, that's how I got here. It was, again, uh, serendipitous. I know. Um, like, we wouldn't love the internet if we weren't real right? geeky. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, so uh, so thank you so, 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 so much, Audra, for being yeah. here. Stay, thank you. I yeah, appreciate it. Stay back for just one second. For everybody listening, okay. Audra Gold, Verbal, V-U-R-B-L, Verbal. Google it. It'll take you to everywhere else you need to go, including the website. Uh, and check it out because I know a lot of you that listen are um, content creators. Think about some of the stuff that we were talking about um, and, you know, be be like, go experiment with it. Uh, you can reach out to them as well, too. Um, uh, I'm a big advocate of when you can get into platforms early on that makes sense, um, you know, please do so. So, uh, you know, I constantly keep telling you guys that, like, always be managing your world um, like a business you can't you know i mean it's great you know obviously we, we put out content also for the sheer fact of you know we're we're fulfilling some sort of a niche in information and value to the people that we serve and it should always be that way but if you don't manage you somebody else will manage you and that's where the business part comes in and i say that like you know you always kind of have to respect and honor your art as much as um somebody else will disrespect it and <laughs> make a shit ton of money off you no but i mean but like other people may be potentially taking advantage of what you bring in your value, right? That goes back to other content that we talked about with worthiness and value and all this stuff. Cause you are, you're very valuable in the world and in the space that you play in. So for, uh, my amazing guest, Audra, for, uh, myself, Matt Gottesman, uh, for verbal, uh, you know, on, please go check them out. And for hustles Hold separately, we are out. Mm -hmm.